The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Blessed Trinity who descended on Mary and the Apostles in the upper room 2,000 years ago on the very first Pentecost. That Holy Spirit does not have a body. It's a pure spirit. It's pure spirits by definition are just that. They are purely spiritual beings. And yet as Catholics we say that we believe the Holy Spirit is still present with us here on this earth. But how do we know that? Think about it, my brothers and sisters, when the second person of the Blessed Trinity came into this world, it was easy to recognize his presence among us because he had a human body. People could see Jesus with their eyes. They could reach out to him and take hold of his hand or touch his face. Believe it or not, there was a time when you could do that kind of thing. My point here is that people were able to experience Jesus in a direct manner with their senses because he had a body. But the Holy Spirit does not. He has no physical attributes. So how do we know that he's around? How do we know that he is here on earth with us? The answer is, by his works. We know the Holy Spirit is here by his works, by what he does in us, by what he does in the world. Now, some of the works of the Holy Spirit are pretty easy to recognize. For example, have you ever known somebody to have a radical conversion to Christ and then to remain strong in their faith throughout their life? Hopefully you've known people like that. I've known many, many of them over my years as a priest. That type of deep and lasting conversion is definitely a work of the Holy Spirit. And it's easy to see. It's clearly evident in the person's life. In 1 Corinthians 12, our second reading today, it says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That, of course, does not just refer to the act of speaking the words. You can teach a parrot to say Jesus is Lord. That text refers to a human being who says those words and truly means them. When a person of faith affirms the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that's a work of the Holy Spirit dwelling within him. A work that is easily recognized. I remember when the Passion of the Christ came out back in 2004. Some of you may remember this as well. There were news reports that a number of criminals around the country had seen the film. And after they saw the film, they turned themselves into the police. Since one of the works of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of our sins, I would say that the repentance of those criminals was the result of the Spirit, was the result of the Holy Spirit working in their consciences to make them take responsibility for their actions. Those are just some of the works of the Spirit that are fairly easy to recognize and comprehend. However, other works of the Holy Spirit are not so easily recognized. Specifically, I would say, because they're taken for granted. It's the Holy Spirit, for example, who enables us to pray from our hearts. St. Paul says in Romans 8, the Spirit himself may, helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be expressed in speech. The grace of sincere prayer which has its source in the Holy Spirit, 
something we can easily take for granted, is it not? You normally don't think twice about it. But it's the work of the Holy Spirit nonetheless. I'm sure a lot of sincere prayer has been offered up since this pandemic began several weeks ago. I know for a fact that many in our parish have been praying fervently since all this has started and taken place. And how about the sacraments? It's the Holy Spirit who makes us children of God in baptism. It's the Spirit who gives the priest the power to forgive sins in the confessional. No Spirit, no forgiveness. As Jesus said to his apostles in today's Gospel from John 20, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, whose sins you retain are retained. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that the Eucharist is consecrated at every Mass. During every Eucharistic prayer, there's a special moment known as the Epiclesis. It's when the priest calls down the Spirit upon the bread and wine so that they'll be changed at the Mass into the body and blood of Christ. It's the moment when the altar server rings the bell for the first time. If he's not asleep, if he's paying attention. We've got John today, he'll be fine. <laughs> These are all sacramental works of the Holy Spirit that are very familiar to us. So much so that we can easily take them for granted. There are also some works of the Holy Spirit that are hard to recognize, except in hindsight. Forty years ago, for instance, most all the experts were telling us that Soviet Communism was here to stay, so we better get used to it. But it wasn't here to stay. And the whole thing collapsed without a devastating nuclear war or some other terrible military conflict. In hindsight, I and many other people really believe that happened by the power of the Holy Spirit. The relatively peaceful collapse of the Soviet bloc was due to 70-plus years of prayer, persistent prayer, a lot of rosaries, a lot of redemptive suffering offered up to God. All of that was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Have you ever gone through a personal trial and wondered where God was? Probably all been there at least once or twice. Many people have had that experience, I'm sure, in recent weeks. But so often when they pass through the difficulty, these men and women will look back on the situation and say, you know what? I realized God was with me. He was with me the whole time. He gave me what I needed. Even though I wasn't aware of his presence when I was in the middle of the storm, I now see that his grace got me through it. That's the work of the Spirit, being recognized in hindsight. Recognizing the presence of the Spirit can be difficult at times, but it's never impossible. On that note, I read a great little article this week about a 28-year-old nurse who works in the ICU unit of a hospital out in Minnesota. Her name is Rebecca Maslow. Not surprisingly, in recent weeks, Rebecca's been doing a lot to care for coronavirus patients. Some of them, sadly, have died. She said in the article that she constantly prays to the Holy Spirit. She prays to the Holy Spirit to guide her in her ministry to the sick, especially to the dying. Let me read to you a brief excerpt from the article. One of the most powerful mo movements of the Holy Spirit Rebecca experienced 
was while caring for a man dying of respiratory failure. While, he was in, while in the room with him that day, the day he died in early April, a doctor who had been seeing him told Maslow that the man was a Christian. This inspired Maslow to action as she walked over to his bedside. Like other patients, the man was dying alone. And isn't that a tragedy of this disease? It's caused so many people to die alone. Like other patients, the man was dying alone, and Maslow wanted to offer him tangible comfort. She had been with him throughout the morning and even had prayed silently over him. Now, knowing he was a Christian, she offered something more. I just sat next to him and held his hand, she said. I leaned in really close to his ear so he could hear me, and I told him that I heard he was a Christian, that I was too, and that I was going to pray over him. So I traced the cross on his forehead. After that, I was just able to stay by his bed and hold his hand. I was not busy at all that day, which is very odd. She called it such a blessing to be with him for an hour and a half. She said he looked calm and comfortable after she prayed with him. He died a little while later, with Maslow still holding his hand. Holy Spirit, my brothers and sisters, often works just like that. He works in extraordinary ways that appear to be very ordinary. Why do I share this with you on this Sunday, aside from the fact that it's Pentecost? It's because the Holy Spirit tends to be the forgotten person in the Blessed Trinity. Because he's a pure spirit, because he doesn't have a body, most Christians don't speak about him very often. And some may never even give him a passing thought. And yet, as I hope I've made clear in this homily, this same Spirit, this same wonderful, glorious Holy Spirit, is hard at work every day in the Church, in the world, and in our personal lives, whether we realize it or not. So let our common prayer on this Pentecost Sunday be, Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for working so powerfully in the Church, in the world, and in my life. Make me more aware of your presence in the future, so that I will be more open and more responsive to your many works. And this I ask through Christ our Lord. Amen.